Radio. G'day everyone, thanks for tuning into The Journey, I'm Dodsey and I'm joined again this week by my old mate Dave. How you going mate? Doing great Dodsey, it's rugby league season so I'm feeling awesome and it's great to be back here with you again for another week of The Journey mate and it's good to be back behind the mic after Daniel and Jude filled in for a couple of weeks. Yeah they were good. That they were, Dodsy. Anyway, how's your week been? Mate, my week's been great, but look, really I want to focus on my parents for a couple of seconds. Today, this very day, 51 years of marriage, they are such a, a witness of love in my life and of others in marriage. So, hello to both of them. I can only back you up on that because my parents, back in March, hmm. had been married for 52 years back in 1962. So it sounds like we've got something in common. Great story, Grant. Good vintage. Absolutely great show lineup today, Dave. All of our old favourites and a couple of new presenters too. Father Richard shares the gospel. Oh, Sister Hilda's wisdom from the Abbey. How good is she? Trish McCarthy, milk and honey. Yeah, great segment. We've also got Father Dave Callahan and MGL. We'll talk about that a bit later. And we finish off with something we could both benefit from. Great communicating with God. Bruce Downs, mate. First up, though, we've got the reflection for this Sunday. It's from Father Richard from Camden. Faith, hope, love and life. You're on the journey. Here's this week's Reflection on the Gospel. Death is something of a problem. The Gospel today, taken from John chapter 11, tackles the very real question of the significance of death full on. Jesus is good friends with this family of Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. So naturally, when Lazarus is sick, the sisters send Jesus a message to tell him the man he loves is ill. The first curious detail in this story is that, at first, Jesus doesn't move. He stays where he is for two more days. Eventually, Jesus makes his way to Bethany to discover that his friend has died and has already been in the tomb for four days. Martha greets Jesus with a declaration that so many people have said over the years, if only you'd been here. It's a terrible thing to say, to have such regrets. If only I left work earlier. If only she'd gone to the doctors sooner. If only the other party had been elected. Really, it's a kind of nostalgia for a present that might have been if only the past had just been a little bit different. But something like death is so final that we are prevented from allowing this nostalgia to take hold. Here we are told that when Jesus makes his way to the tomb and experiences the intense grief of the sisters and the crowd, he also bursts into tears. Love and grief is like this. This God will cry with the world's crying, and still he will reach into the tomb of death and decay and speak life once more into the four-day dead Lazarus. Nothing captures the reality of that death like the reminder of Martha that her brother will now stink. But even though so much of what we do and so much of what we say continues to stink, it will never prevent Jesus from shouting his commandment of life into every situation we face. Like every thought that holds us captive, Jesus will speak life and freedom this week into any situation we face. And the things that we are so afraid of, like death, will no longer stink grace and peace. This is Father Richard Healy from St. Paul's in Camden. Faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. One of the themes in Lent is fasting. So often we think that means going without sugar or chocolate or meat, whatever. But actually, you know, the best fasting is done when you and I fast from ourselves, when we put ourselves in the second position, not the first, when we look at life from the perspective of another, not ourselves, when you and I say, I'm sorry, 
even when we're sure the other person should do it first. When we leave the last biscuit on the plate for someone else. When we let someone else have the winning argument in a discussion. When we let someone else look good, even though we know the answer. When we humbly let somebody else give us advice that we don't really need, simply because it makes the other person feel better about themselves. There are so many ways to fast from ourselves, and it's all good. Fasting of this kind actually makes loving easier, and it puts us right into touch with the God who so fasted from himself that with eyes fixed on us, he went to his death for the ones he loved. Why not spend this week trying out this kind of fasting and this kind of simple loving. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. In the story of our creation, it speaks of God forming us from the dust, breathing life into us and becoming a living being. Is it any wonder then that we should have a special connection with the earth. Many of the vitamins and minerals found in the earth are the very same that make up our bodies. The natural foods we use to best nourish our bodies, fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, again are made up of these basic elements found in the earth and natural environment that God created. When was the last time you connected with God's earth? Soil, sand, mud, grass? We've seen many developments that make travel easier. Bitumen roads, concrete footpaths, carpeted floors. These are all good things, but it also means we can go days without contacting the natural environment and not even realise it. The earth and natural environment provide a certain centeredness, a grounding if you like. Just think of the electrical term, earth wire, and its purpose. We too need this constant, to serve as a reference point and bring us back to what really matters and is a source of life. Be attentive and spend just five or ten minutes a day walking on the grass with your shoes off. Paddle your feet in the ocean or a nearby stream. Lay in the park as you eat lunch. Make a mud pie with the kids. Turn over some soil in the garden with your hands. Every now and then, remember to ground yourself, physically, mentally and spiritually. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. You're listening to The Journey on cradio.org.au. Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Path. Is it possible to be a Christian if we are not prepared to die for Christ? This is clearly a very provocative statement and one which is guaranteed to stir up quite an argument if you mention it during a dinner conversation. In the Western world, we run the risk of seeing Christianity as being a lifestyle choice something which makes my life even better than it already is. Yet the reality is that for most Christians around the world, this question is a daily reality. A recent report claimed that every five minutes, a Christian is killed for their faith somewhere in the world. If we go back to the witness of the early church, their answer to this question was very clear. To be a Christian meant to follow Christ to the cross, and to be prepared to die with him and for him. One of the great early writers of the church, Ignatius of Antioch, 
was on his way to Rome to be killed in the Colosseum. And as he was writing, he wrote to the church in Rome, saying that he was happy to die, saying, so that I may not only be called a Christian, but also to be found to be one. As uncomfortable as this question may be, it is important that we face the reality of what it means to give all for Jesus. If I've heard the call to follow, am I prepared to follow him all the way? I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving. Hi, we're Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving and today we're talking about, well, loving smart. Over many years, we've come to realise that most of our mistakes in love come from the assumption that everyone experiences love the same way. A number of authors have developed frameworks to help us understand the foolishness of this idea. For example, in The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman recognises that each of us has a dominant mode of encountering love. It's like a native language, one that we intuitively understand. He identifies affirmation, touch, gifts, quality time and service as the five principal love languages. Another author, Willard Harley, in his landmark book His Needs, Her Needs, identified that the experience of love is connected to the meeting of powerful emotional needs, needs that differ in priority and significance amongst different people. Instinctively, we tend to love the way we like to be loved. So if physical affection is important to us, we tend to express love through affection. If affirmation or financial security or recreational companionship is a primary love need for us, then we'll tend to speak our love to others in that same way. It's unlikely that our spouse, our children or our friends, however, will have the same love needs that we have. In fact, we all have what we call a unique love profile. This is simply the pattern of love needs that is specific to each person. So in my case, I primarily experience love through affection, kind acts and intimate conversation. On the other hand, my love profile includes small indulgent gifts, acts of service and financial security as a high priority. It's quite different to Francine. And when I try and love her the way I like to be loved, I'm going to miss the mark every time. Smart loving is the term we coined to capture the idea that love is most successful and effective when we love according to the love needs of the other. It seems so obvious, yet it's surprising how often people complain that their spouse misunderstands their gestures of love, that they try really hard to love their spouse, but it just doesn't seem to be enough. We can be incredibly generous and self-sacrificing towards our spouse, but if our gestures are not meeting his or her love needs, it won't have the impact we desire. We call this dumb loving, and we're experts at it. Smart loving, on the other hand, is about knowing your spouse's love needs and then loving them the way they like and need to be loved. It's smart because it's effective. After all, who has the time today or the energy to love in ways that simply don't work? And it's genuine loving because it's other-centred, focused on building up and advancing the good of the other. We're Francine and Byron Parola. For more relationship tips, visit smartloving.org. 
The Journey with Dodsey and Dave. You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on cradio.org.au. Byron and Francine Parola with their tips for vibrant marriages in their Smart Loving segment. It's great to have them on the show just about every single week. And we also heard from our newest presenter. This is great, Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. He was good, Dodsy, wasn't he? Yeah, mate, they cut to the chase, those MGLs, Dave. And as a group of religious priests, brothers and nuns, have as their main mission to make sure everyone knows the depths of God's love in their life. They're evangelical in their approach to life, and, well, that input today is an example of the sort of simple but powerful messages we'll get from the MGLs each week. Coming up, Sam Clear. He's the guy who decided he'd walk around the world a few years ago to promote Christian unity. As you do. You know, you wake up one morning and you think to yourself, <laughs> I might go for a bit of a walk. <laughs> I think I'll walk all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Dodsey. Anyway, it's an incredible story, Dodsey. A bit hard to believe, really, but he did it. And any time he passed a Christian church of any denomination, he went in and prayed for Christian unity. And if people were there, he tried to get them to do it with him. Oh, yeah. Faith, hope, love and life for the journey. Walking the Walk, here's Sam Clear. Hi, I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. I'm hurting at the moment because I have a broken finger and a suspected cracked rib. Injuries hurt on a number of levels. There's firstly the physical pain induced from breaking a bone. That pain is at its most intense at the time of the break, but it can flare up later on. My suspected cracked rib feels fine right now, but I sneezed an hour ago and it left me reeling in pain. Beyond the physical, there's also the emotional frustration associated with being injured. I want to be active and at least be able to sneeze without grimacing in pain. Over the past 35 years, I've broken 16 bones, dislocated my shoulder several times, had two ankle reconstructions, a knee reconstruction, seven stitches in my finger, three in my eyebrow, skinned my foot and split my kidney in half. That one nearly killed me. Each injury received treatment though, and was allowed the time to heal, as frustrating as that always was. It required humility to slow down and allow healing to take place, and it often hurt even more in attending to the injury. While walking around the world praying for the unity of Christians, I observed the same circumstances within the church. For divided Christians, it requires humility and patience to both want and allow injuries to heal, and more often than not, it is the initial tending to that hurts most. If my doctor had discarded the part of the body that was injured, I'd have one leg, no arms, a warped torso and a very toothless smile. The church, the body of Christ, is even more disfigured. In our walk as Christians, just as Jesus did, when we encounter hurt or division, do our words and actions bring the healing love of God into that moment? May the grace of God be with us as we walk on with humility and patience and when the opportunity to reach out in love or to receive it is presented to us, may we be indeed sons and daughters of God, those blessed peacemakers. I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. For more on the walk around the world for unity, go to walkforone.com. 
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Well, Dodsey, that brings us to the end of another week, another great show. Oh. Well, look, thanks for listening into the journey. And again, a big cheerio to our new listeners in and around the country, especially to listeners in Gippsland, the Illawarra and Albury Bodonga. I encourage you to give us some feedback on our Facebook page. Just look for the Journey Catholic Radio in your search engine, where you can also follow the links to listen to past shows on the Journey as podcasts. Next week on the show, we'll be doing it all again. Great music, interviews, and inputs from our awesome presenters, Dave. Yep, Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, Sister Hilda with her wisdom from the Abbey. They'll be back. Also, Trish McCarthy with her milk and honey segment. And, of course, the Parolas will keep those smart-loving tips coming as well for great marriages. We'll also be getting some parenting tips from Marilyn Rodriguez, plus all the awesome Christian music that The Journey is famous for, Mr. Dodsey. Top stuff. Thanks for joining us on The Journey. Faith, hope, love and life. You've been listening to The Journey. And Dodsey, as we always say, have have yourselves a great week. The Journey is produced by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong in cooperation with Pulse 94.1 and edited by Jude Hennessy and Daniel Hopper from the Office of the Bishop. Radio.org.au